seated. As you're being seated, I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to the New Testament book of 1 Thessalonians. We are continuing in our study through this amazing letter that Paul wrote to the believers in the church in Thessalonica. Uh, Paul, Silas, and Timothy's three-week stay in Thessalonica was fruitful. Uh, the believers there in the church in Thessalonica that Paul, Silas, and Timothy planted were giving to Jesus, growing in Jesus, and going for Jesus. People in Thessalonica and beyond were talking about God's work in, through, and around the believers there in the church in Thessalonica. The late great pastor and author Vance Havner said this, we are not going to move this world by criticism of it or by conformity to it, but by combustion within it of lives ignited by the Spirit of God. The believers in Thessalonica were living ignited by the Spirit of God. They were on fire for Jesus, and God wants us to live lives ignited by his Holy Spirit. God wants us to live our lives on fire for Jesus. This is what Paul was talking about in Ephesians 5 and verse 8, when Paul said, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. We are under new management as followers of Christ Jesus. Jesus is in charge. Jesus knows best for us. The old is gone, the new has come. He leads, we follow. We make a difference in this world, just like the Thessalonian believers were making a difference in their world, as we let the light of Christ that is in us shine through us to all those God places around us. And so we know that's what God desires, is for that light of Jesus that he's placed in us to shine brightly through us, ignited by the power of the Holy Spirit within us. And so I hope you've made your way to 1 Thessalonians. At this point, we're going to begin here in verse 1. We'll uh, do a little bit of background, and then we'll hop into where God wants us to, to go this morning. Paul, Silvanus, or Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, and God the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. Again, we've shared over the past couple of weeks that Paul shared his familiar greeting with the Thessalonian believers. Once we receive the grace of God, we have peace with God, and we are filled with the peace of God. Grace to you and peace reminds us we are no longer enemies of God, but we are children of God by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. He continues in verse 2, we always thank God for all of you, making mention of you constantly in our prayers. Paul followed his greetings to the Thessalonians with his thankfulness for the Thessalonians. And then Paul got specific in verse 3 about his thankfulness. And he wrote, We recall in the presence of our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor motivated by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. As Paul, Silas, and Timothy prayed, as they recalled, as they prayed for the believers in Thessalonica, Three points kept coming to their minds, as Paul said. As we prayed for you guys constantly, three points kept coming to our minds. And Paul identified those points as their work produced by faith, their labor motivated by love, and their endurance inspired by hope. So Paul said these continue to come to mind. Paul identified these points of thankfulness 
uh, in verse 3. And then Paul supported these points of thankfulness throughout chapter 1 and the rest of 1 Thessalonians, which we'll see as we make our way through. Know that faith, love, and hope are blessings of God's grace to us that strengthen and sustain us to live out our faith in Jesus day by day. This is happening with the believers in Thessalonica, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, and it's happening with us as well today. So, Father God, we now ask that you would open our eyes to the truth of your word. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would speak. As we open your word, God, your Holy Spirit speaks to us through the teaching of your word. God, would you make your truth clear to us this morning? Open our eyes to the wonderful truths in your word. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and the strength, the determination, the desire, the power to live out the truth of your word that you're going to share with us in these moments. God, you're going to ask us to, to make some changes. You're going to ask us to take some steps of faith. And so, Father, I pray that we would be ready and willing and excited to do just that as you continue your work in our lives. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Let's continue in verse 4. We make our way to verse 4. As Paul said, For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. We're going to take this verse apart, uh, phrase by phrase, bit by bit, as we understand all that God has for us uh, in this truth. Paul said, For we know. This referred to Paul, Silas, and Timothy's confidence in God's salvation of the Thessalonian believers. For we know they were confident in the salvation of the Thessalonian believers. We know is in the perfect tense. It's in the perfect tense, which signifies something that happened in the past their salvation that has continuing effects in the present. The perfect tense refers to something that happened in the past, has continuing effects in the present. What Paul is saying is, for we know the salvation that you received from God in the past is having continuing effects in the present. Paul knew their faith in God was genuine because he saw their faith in God in action in their work produced by faith, their labor motivated by love, and their endurance inspired by hope. The believers in Thessalonica, their faith in God was obvious for all to see. It was obvious. It was overwhelming evidence of their faith and trust in God being genuine. And the evidence of their salvation increased Paul's thankfulness and prayers for the Thessalonian believers. He said, for we know. And then he said, brothers and sisters... If you do a study through 1 Thessalonians, you'll find that Paul referred to the Thessalonian believers as his brothers and sisters 19 times in 1 Thessalonians. Paul emphasized and embraced their unity in Christ Jesus. He emphasized and embraced their unity in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters referred to the male and female believers who like Paul, Silas, and Timothy were members of God's family by God's grace through their faith in Christ Jesus. Paul once again was sharing with these believers that the Thessalonians, Paul saw the Thessalonians truly as family in Christ. The Thessalonian believers were family to Paul. 
in the truest sense of the word. And we know today that we are family. We are brothers and sisters by our faith in Christ Jesus. We are blood-related, the blood of Jesus Christ, which he shed for us on the cross of Calvary. We are family. We can share and call and refer to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Take a moment. Let's stand. Stand up real quick. Stand up real quick. Now you get your choice. High five, hug, or shake hands with a brother or sister in Christ around you. Ready, set, go. All right. All right, good. All right, you may be seated. I just get the sense, don't know for sure, don't know for sure because it's not specifically stated in the Word of God, but I just get the sense when Paul was preaching in these churches, that's exactly what they were doing. Paul would stand up because he just loved his family, his brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Paul said, for we know brothers and sisters loved by God. Loved by God. He's talking about the agape love of God. This love that God has for us is agape love. God's agape love is selfless, sacrificial. It's unconditional. God's agape love gives and gives and gives and gives and never stops giving. This is the agape love of God. Paul said, for we know brothers and sisters loved by God. Loved is a verb in the passive voice. Why is that important? Well, it's important that it's in the passive voice because that signifies that the Thessalonian believers were recipients of the love of God. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God. Paul was reminding these brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus that they were loved by God, that they were, they, they were the recipients. They received God's love for them in Christ Jesus. They did not earn, they did not deserve, they did not work for God's love. They simply received God's agape love by faith in Christ Jesus. We receive the amazing agape love of God by faith in Christ Jesus. This is what John was talking about when he said, for God has lavished his love on us in Christ Jesus. In 1 John, he said, for God has lavished his love on us in Christ Jesus. We are recipients of God's love for us in Christ Jesus. He has poured out. He has flooded us. He's overwhelmed us. He's lavished his love on us in Christ Jesus. You see, Paul's letting these believers know. Verse 4 is one of the most amazing verses of encouragement that you're going to find in 1 Thessalonians. Now, there's a lot of verses of encouragement in 1 Thessalonians, but verse 4 is an amazing verse of encouragement. For we know... Saying, hey, brothers, I know you guys are walking to walk and talking to talk. We see the evidence of God's salvation in your life. Brothers and sisters, we're family in Christ Jesus. Loved by God. You are recipients of the love of God. We are all recipients of God's love for us in Christ Jesus. He lavished his love on us in Christ Jesus. We know this. For God demonstrated his own love for us in this. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then he continues in verse 4. And he says that he has chosen you. For we know... Brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Paul shared the great news 
with the Thessalonian believers that they were not only loved by God, but they were chosen by God. Chosen means elect. It means selected by God. It means picked out by God. The Thessalonian believers were chosen by God for salvation in Jesus. The Thessalonian believers were the elect of God. As followers of Jesus, we are the elect of God. We have been chosen by God for salvation in Christ Jesus. Now, this is a glorious truth. It's good news for us. We did not choose God. God chose us, which is awesome news for us. Why? Because that means we are all number one draft picks of God by faith in Jesus. Every one of us. We're number one draft picks by God in Christ Jesus. This is awesome news for us. Jesus himself told us this. In John 15 and verse 16, just listen to the words of Jesus. In John 15 and verse 16, he said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. He said, I appointed you to go and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Awesome. 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 This is the clear teaching of the word of God. God chose Israel to be his people. Jesus chose the disciples to be his followers. God has chosen us for salvation in Christ Jesus. We are chosen in Jesus to bear fruit for Jesus, as Jesus himself told us. We know that spiritual fruit is the evidence of our salvation. Spiritual fruit in and through our lives is also the evidence of the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And understand and remember, we already have learned that the Thessalonian believers were showing the fruit of what? Faith, love, and hope in and through their lives. They're already showing this fruit. Evidence of God's salvation, evidence of the Holy Spirit's work in their lives. Now we see this truth from Paul in his other writings. One in particular, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4. Write that address down if you're taking notes. Ephesians 1 and verse 4. Here's what Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. For he chose us, for God chose us in Christ Jesus, in him. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. So we see Paul encouraged the believers in Ephesus, all believers, including us today, by telling us God chose us in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world to be members of his family. That's awesome. So what does it mean to be chosen by God? Well, Paul tells us what it means to be chosen by God. It means salvation is from God, not us. It means salvation is of God, not us. It means salvation is God's free gift of grace to us. 
It means we did nothing to earn or deserve God's grace to us. It means we did nothing to earn or deserve God's love for us. It means we did nothing to earn or deserve God's salvation for us. It means being chosen by God means we can rejoice today and every day that we have been chosen by God for salvation by faith in Jesus Christ before the foundation of the world. Being chosen by God also means we must do our part and respond to God's work of grace in our lives by receiving his gift of salvation by faith in Jesus. Being chosen means to me, I must respond to God's grace in my life. I must respond to God's grace by receiving his offer of salvation in Jesus by my faith in Jesus. The Bible teaches us in John, John said, for yet for all who received him, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believed in his name. Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Paul said that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it is your heart that you believe in are justified. It's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Paul said, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. The Bible teaches God's sovereignty or election and human responsibility or freedom of choice. It's both and, not either or. God's word teaches God's sovereignty or election and human responsibility or freedom of choice. We see this all throughout the scriptures. We respond, we respond to God's grace by receiving his gift of salvation by faith in Jesus. We respond to God's grace by believing in Jesus, by repenting of our sins, and by receiving his gift of salvation by faith in Jesus. I want you to see and know and understand here that Paul emphasized God's choice of the Thessalonians. Paul also emphasized the Thessalonians' faith in Jesus. He emphasized them both. If you look in verse 6 real quick, just move down to verse 6. And you yourselves became imitators of us and of the Lord when in spite of severe persecution, you welcomed. Say that with me. You welcomed. You welcomed the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 9. For they themselves report what kind of reception we had from you. How you turned. Say that with me. How you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. God's sovereignty and human responsibility are wonderful doctrines taught in the Word of God. When we try to figure out the unfigureoutable, when we think we can conceptualize and reduce God to fit our minds and our concepts of God, we fail miserably and we demonstrate pride and arrogance. To think that we can conceptualize God. Hey, let me just share with you real quick. There's going to be some gaps. Okay? Let me go on record. I'm fine with the gaps. Okay? There's some gaps between Almighty God and my understanding. 
There's some gaps between the infinite and the finite. And I embrace the gaps. I am fine with the gaps. I understand there's gaps. Because quite honestly, I don't want a God who I can completely understand and conceptualize and explain. Because if I have that, I don't have a God. We understand and see this reality right here at the very beginning of this amazing letter. I love what pastor and author John MacArthur said. I think he said it best. He said this, God's sovereign election, a man's exercise of responsibility in choosing Jesus Christ, Christ seems opposite and irreconcilable. And from our limited human perspective, they are opposite and irreconcilable. That's why so many earnest, well-meaning Christians throughout the history of the church have floundered trying to reconcile them. Since the problem cannot be resolved by our finite minds, the result is always to compromise one truth in favor of the other or to weaken both by trying to take a position somewhere between them. We should let the antimony remain, believing both truths completely and leaving the harmonizing of them to God. Amen, amen, and amen. I think it's obvious that we can understand and see that God's ways, thoughts, and wisdom is far greater than ours. And that's a truth that we can all agree on and rejoice in as followers of Jesus Christ. And so we see this amazing, encouraging verse. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Now look at verse 5. Because. Let's not go any further than that. Because. Say that with me. Because. So we see now. Here comes the evidence. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because. We know he's chosen you because what he's going to share following. Paul knew the believers in Thessalonica were chosen by God because of their response of faith in God. The difference Christ made in them was being seen through them day by day. The difference that Jesus makes in us is to be seen through us day by day. And Paul said, because, and what he's saying is he's getting ready to share with us that there's some evidence of their election. There's some reasons why he knew that they were chosen by God that he shares with us here, uh, beginning uh, in verse 5. So let's look at a couple of these. There's many of these. We won't get through all of them this morning. Let's just look at a couple of them as we uh, begin making our way through the rest of this passage. The first evidence that we know that they were chosen by God was the gospel was preached to them with power. The gospel was preached to them with power. Look in verse 5. Because our gospel will not come to you in word only, but also in power in the Holy Spirit and with full assurance. You know how we lived among you for your benefit. The first reason Paul understood that they were chosen by God focused on the messengers of the gospel. God chose, equipped, and sent Paul, Silas, and Timothy to proclaim the good news of the gospel in Thessalonica. We know this. And make no mistake about it, the messengers for God were important, but the message of God was most important. Messengers for God are always important. They're important today. But they're not near as important as the message of God. And we see this here already in this verse 5. Paul said, our gospel. He said, because our gospel. Let's stop there real quick. Paul did not mean the gospel originated with him. Paul did not mean he came up with the gospel. Our gospel, when Paul said our gospel, Paul knew our gospel was the gospel of God. 
He knew this. If you look in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 2, look at chapter 2, verse 2. On the contrary, Paul said, after we had previously suffered and were treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know, we were emboldened by our God to speak the gospel of God. Say that with me. The gospel of God to you in spite of great opposition. So we know Paul's gospel Our gospel, Paul knew, was the gospel of God. Paul received the gospel of God by faith in Jesus. Paul preached the gospel of God in obedience to Jesus. And just for clarification purposes, the gospel is the good news of God's gift of grace offered to all people, offered to everyone who will believe in Jesus and receive him by faith. The gospel is the good news of God's grace. It's the gift of God's grace available to everyone who will believe in Jesus and receive him by faith. This is what the Apostle Paul affirmed in other passages. Romans 1.16, for example. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, Paul said, because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. So we see the gospel is the power of God for salvation. There is power in the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we see this. We are recipients of it as they are recipients of it. And it's this gospel that we're to share with all those God places around us. Why? Because it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Everyone believes in Jesus and receives him by faith. And so Paul said, because our gospel, then continued, did not come to you in word only, but also in power and the Holy Spirit and with full assurance. Paul said, the words I preached, the words I spoke were empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul was saying. Paul said, God spoke through me to you. God spoke through Paul to the Thessalonian believers. Paul was affirming here that he did not change the Thessalonians, God did. Paul was affirming to the Thessalonians that he knew that salvation rested on God's power, not his wisdom. Paul knew he was God's messenger called to share God's message. And Paul had the confidence and full assurance to know that as he preached the gospel message, the Holy Spirit of God would take the words that he spoke, light them on fire by his truth, and then use them to minister to all those who heard them. Paul had the confidence and full assurance to know as he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God would take those words and would change lives for eternity. Paul knew this. He understood that, listen, salvation it rests on God's power, not on my wisdom. And he continued, and he said there in verse 5, you know how we lived among you for your benefit. You know how we lived among you for your benefit. What Paul was saying there is that he and Silas and Timothy practiced what they preached. They talked the talk and they walked the walk. Their message was matched by the integrity of their character. We'll see this play out more throughout our study as Paul refers to this on other occasions. 
Paul was saying their message through their words was supported, magnified, matched, encouraged by their life, by their walk. Paul was God's messenger to share God's gospel, and Paul's gospel, the, the gospel of God that Paul shared, God, the Holy Spirit, took that and did his work in people's lives, certainly here in Thessalonica, because they were being turned upside down for Jesus Christ. And part of the Thessalonians' reception was because they were able not only to hear it from Paul, but what? They were able to see it in and through Paul and Silas and Timothy. You see, the integrity and the character of the messenger makes a difference for the message. And that's what Paul was reminding them of as he's continued to encourage them. Because our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, in the Holy Spirit, and with full assurance, you know how we lived among you for your benefit. The good news for us today is God still speaks to us by the power of his Holy Spirit in us through the teaching of his Holy Word before us through faithful messengers. Through his faithful messengers. As God's messenger, I know my responsibility, my calling is to share God's message. But I want you to know, I have the confidence and full assurance to know that as I stand before you day in and day out, as I stand before you week in and week out, as I preach and teach the good news of the gospel, as I preach and teach God's word, I have the confidence and full assurance to know that the Holy Spirit of God is going to take those words. He's going to empower them. He's going to light them on fire with his truth, and he will use them in his work of changing lives for eternity. You see, I have the confidence and full assurance to know that the Holy Spirit of God will take the words of truth from this word that he is sharing through me with you, and he will take these words, and he will minister to every single one of us here in this room in the specific way we need to be ministered to because why? He's God. And that's what he does. That's what he does. That's who he is. Why? Because he loves us. We're loved by God. That's why. And so I have great confidence and assurance to know I don't change anybody's life. God does. This salvation and spiritual growth and sanctification doesn't rest on my eloquence, words, or wisdom. It rests on the power of Almighty God. And so we see this, and you could just sense, I, maybe I could sense, and I know you could sense it too. Man, Paul, he was probably writing even harder. Just, just fired up. You know, sometimes you just write and you rip the page. He was just fired up sharing this. There's so much encouragement. I even... I have not even counted the words in verse 4, but those words are power-packed with encouragement that flow through the rest, well, quite honestly, the rest of 1 Thessalonians. Here's the great news for us this morning. Listen, the great news for us this morning is salvation doesn't rest on our eloquence, our skill, or our wisdom. It rests on the power of God. It's on the power of God. That's great news for you and me. You see, it's not about us. It's about God. It's not about what we can do. It's about what God can do through us. It's not about getting anyone to us. It's about getting everyone to God. It's not about impressing others with us. It's about impressing others with Jesus. Because you see, that's where the change happens. That's where the power is found. A relationship with God 
By his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. Names are written in the Lamb book, Lamb's book of life. And we are freed and empowered to live in our victory day by day, moment by moment, step by step. That's just amazing, amazing truth. Amazing encouragement. Not only for these believers years ago, but for you and me today. So we know, Paul said, I know that you are chosen by God. We know, for we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because, first, the, focused on the, the gospel was preached to them in power. The second reason that we see here, and we'll begin to dive into this reason. We won't explore the depths completely this morning. But the second reason is they received the gospel message with joy. They received the gospel message with joy. Look at verse 6. Paul said, And you yourselves became imitators of us and of the Lord Jesus, when in spite of severe persecution, you welcomed the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. The Thessalonian believers welcomed, that means received, that means accepted the gospel message joyfully by their faith in Christ Jesus with the power of the Holy Spirit. They received, they welcomed, they accepted the gospel message joyfully by their faith in Jesus Christ. You see, the truth of the matter is faith in Jesus fills us with joy. If you're taking notes, just jot that down. Faith in Jesus fills us with joy. We need to remember this. We don't need to get away from this. Faith in Jesus fills us with joy. What do you mean, pastor? What do you see? How, how do we know this was happening? Well, I'll tell you what I mean. Faith in Jesus fills us with joy. Listen, we know in Jesus, we who were once dead in our sins and transgressions have been made alive by God in Christ Jesus. We know we were once lost, but now we're found. We were once blind, but now we see. Faith in Jesus reminds us that we have been called out of the darkness of sin and in the marvelous light of God's Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. That fills us with joy. Faith in Jesus reminds us, therefore, there's now no condemnation for those of us in Christ Jesus. Faith in Jesus reminds us the greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. Faith in Jesus reminds us that no one or nothing can separate us from the love that God has for us in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but that fills me with joy. That fills us with joy. And understand and realize joy, what is joy? The def what's a simple definition for joy? Joy is the inner delight and gladness we have in Jesus. Joy is simply the inner delight and gladness we have in Jesus. And I want you to see here that we're going to continue looking at. But I want you to see, because this will resonate in your own life. Happiness comes and goes. Joy comes and stays, right? We know this. Joy is the inner delight and gladness we have in Jesus. Difficult circumstances, trials, times of persecution, opposition, and suffering, which these believers in Paul, Silas, and Timothy were dealing with, do not eliminate our joy. They actually enhance our joy. They don't eliminate our joy. They enhance our joy. The joy we have in Jesus draws us closer to Jesus. The joy we have in Jesus helps us keep our eyes on Jesus. The joy we have in Jesus strengthens us to live for Jesus. The joy we have in Jesus 
motivates us to tell others about Jesus. The joy we have in Jesus encourages us to watch for the return of Jesus. You see, this joy that we have in Jesus, it doesn't go away. Why? Because Jesus never leaves us or forsakes us, fails us or forgets us. This joy becomes our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And we see it as this joy that is different than anything we can find in the world. Why? Because the joy is directly correlated with Jesus Christ. Listen, faith in Jesus does not mean everything's going to work out okay. It doesn't mean we're going to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. It doesn't mean we're never going to be sick. It doesn't mean we're going to always get the right promotion. It doesn't mean we're going to have a huge house with 10 cars. It doesn't mean everything's always going to work out great for us. And we're never going to have any stress or struggles or trials or suffering at all. It doesn't mean that. It means the opposite. This world, we are going to deal with trials, tests, difficulties, sufferings, opposition, persecution. Why? Because our Savior Jesus did. Who were we to think we're going to get an exception and opt out of what our Savior went through for us? But he went through it for us because he wants us to understand and know, as you go through it for me, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. And through it all, and then through it all, and the pain, and the tears, and the frustration of the moment, in those times where we just have a spiritual pity party for ourselves, and you know the funny thing about spiritual pity parties is we're the only ones invited. In all those times and through all those times, as followers of Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, we're loved by God. We've been chosen by God. We have the joy of Jesus that is a strength for us day by day. And when those difficult times come and those seasons never seem to pass, when fear seems to knock on our door every moment of the day, when worry keeps trying to break through the door of our lives, when sorrow and grief weigh us down, we can remember, we can rest, we can rely on this joy that we have in Jesus. Because none of those things touch our Savior. You see, we receive God's gospel message in Jesus by our faith in Christ Jesus. We rejoice in God's gospel message of Jesus daily by our faith in Christ Jesus. We live out God's gospel message in Jesus, by our faith in Jesus passionately. And we share God's gospel message of Jesus faithfully, day by day, by our faith and trust in Jesus. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Worship team is going to come and lead us in this time. Of-